Hello and welcome to episode 1076 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, June 12th, July 12th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I, you know, I looked at our sheet. I had 74 up there. I was like, that's my last episode. You did the Sunday episode. So I got the 1076 right. And then I botched the date and I said June instead of July. I'm upset <laughs> with myself. I really am. I'm, I'm an idiot. But uh, we got plenty to talk about today. We're going to get into a few news and notes on some guys trying to return from injury. I want to get your outlook on them. Then we're going to start getting into some some preseason stuff and kind of checking out how it's going, right? Things are still ungraded, but I think as we reach the break this weekend, we can start looking in on something like a fade uh, mm -hmm. list that we have. And we kind of start judging ourselves on certain things and saying, okay, it was our reasoning right too, right? Because sometimes you get the right answer with the wrong reasoning. And for me, I take credit off then. I say, okay, well, I, I, I didn't think that's how it was going to go. So yes, I got you guys off the track on the right path, on the right way, but I was wrong by the how. And then other times you nail it. Looking over this list, we got some home runs and we got some major strikes <laughs> roast yeah. each other for. So we'll get into it. But let's start with some news first. Michael Brantley uh, has no timetable returning from his injury. At his age, uh, what sort of level of concern do you have on the shoulder with Michael Brantley? He's 35 years old with a history of shoulder issues. I mean, I definitely have a high level of concern, but it also really hurts him maybe more than other guys because you need that volume from him for him to be kind of fantasy impactful, right? Yes, because like he delivers no real pop for out. Yeah, and so he, he's one of those guys that, like, if he's not delivering the volume, especially to pump up your batting average and those runs and RBIs, he really becomes a lot less valuable than he normally would uh, – than a player normally would be missing time. So probably droppable at this point in, in just about every format uh, if, if you don't have a spot to kind of stash him. So he got hurt um, – what what day did he get hurt? Would, would he have been – because this news came out yesterday, so I'm not sure if he should have been on the chopping block this weekend. In fact, nobody in the main event cut him. So it was the uh, – he's been out for a couple weeks now, right? Okay. Yeah, placed the on the 10-day IL the 28th. He got hurt on the 26th. So he's been out for a couple weeks now, and he gets this news. You mentioned probably should be cut. You'd cut him in a 15 this weekend, Michael Yeah, I, I think I would. I yeah. would too. I would too. And you and I have been a lot – quicker trigger this year and we'll just move on and figure it out I, I i feel pretty good about that right like the one that just colin and i are kind of hanging on is we cut tyler stevenson uh and cutting a good catcher is hard we did it the week that gabriel moreno was coming up so we got moreno he hasn't really been anything but we're like hey if there's ever a week to lose a catcher how about when a catching prospect is coming up we put a few bucks on him he hasn't really worked out but I don't even really regret that move. He was going to be out really long. I didn't really see the reason to hold him. We were holding a couple other guys too. Um, am I right in reading that you've changed your approach a bit in terms of dialing up the aggression on your injury cuts? Because I've seen it in our league specifically. Is this a concerted effort or just happens to be based on some of the injured guys you've had? Yeah, I mean, it is a little bit of both. I think part of it is I'm trying to be more aggressive with my cuts and just well, make... To, to what end? What, 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 do you, what, what does that serve you uh when you do that no i'm not challenging you i'm asking you to explain to people like what why do you see value in, in being quicker on some of those cuts that are going to be long-term injuries because you're not able to replace the production in your lineup right like if you if if you lose another guy on top of the guys you already have like it just compounds the problem like for like for instance like um you know brian reynolds went down you know this week right, right. he went you would put on the IL like, and I, I miss the news. Like, and as I'm having to take a zero half the week in a really competitive, you know, for a really competitive team in the main event. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's just a huge bummer. And I just don't want to, there are going to be times where that happens, right? This isn't, that isn't an example of like, Hey, I have too many IL guys or anything. I just miss the news, but you don't want to compound that with holding on not, to other guys and then and having to take to a it. zero yep. um, because you don't have the flexibility. So I think it's it's just and I, you know, I understand like there are going to be times where you you cut someone and then you you look back. We were just talking about it prior to the show. Cut cut Josh uh, Winder or Winder, whatever his name is, um, Winder, Winder uh, last week because he was being sent down to the minors, and then he was like the best pickup this week in terms of streaming starting pitchers. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a huge bummer, but I needed to make sure I had enough good innings the previous week. 
um, in order to make sure I wasn't falling behind in those categories. So was it a mistake? Probably. But um, if, if I make five cuts and one out of five is a mistake, then I'm doing pretty good. And it's probably not even that rate either. I, I think you're probably succeeding at a, at a higher rate because it's it, it would take a lot of math to really figure out what's right, what's wrong as well, because you'd have to calculate what you're getting or what your opportunity cost is. So it is a little nebulous, but I lean closer toward the let's cut. And for me, it's um, if they're slated, like if it's a month, if it's a month out of the gate, if four to six weeks is the normal recovery time for the injury, they're pretty much on the chopping block unless they're, you know, a top three round kind of guy. And everything's everything has wiggle room, right? Nothing is set in stone based on the team. If I have nobody injured, everything's good and clean, I'll hang on to a Yasmani Grandal for a while, even though he's been underperforming and hurt. Other leagues can't do it. I'm not doing three catchers. Grandal's gone. Some asshole's going to pick him up for $4. I, I think the – like the – the, be- the way I do it, at least, I don't know if it's the best way to do it, is what I do is I look at the player's, like, kind of raw projections. You know, you can mess around it with your, on your own to kind of give your, you know, your own personal idea of what their projections might be rest of the season. And then you actually, like, subtract it by the percentage of time they're expected to miss, adding on a week or yeah, two. because do the math. That happens. And then, you, so you go back to, like, a guy like Brantley, and you go, okay, so far this year, he's, you know, in 277 plate appearances, he's got five home runs, I think one stolen base, and he's hitting 288, right? Okay, well, that's a really half se- easy half season, right? So half season left, maybe that's what he w- would have got if he were healthy. Mm-hmm. But now we have to subtract that. So you're really possibly only getting three or four home runs from the guy yeah. rest of the way with maybe like 18 runs and 15 RBIs. Like that isn't worth holding on to. Like and maybe another easily, steal. Like, yeah, you can easily find that production on the waiver wire. So that's yeah. how you kind of make those decisions. I think and move on. I think that's a great call. I, I I don't know if it's the best way either, like you said, but it's damn close to really just quantify it. Especially if you're really agonizing over the decision, then do the extra work because mm-hmm. then it can really make your decision easier. Because I agonize over decisions sometimes too, and I'm just like the right. I I don't know what the quote unquote right answer is because sometimes there isn't necessarily a right answer. It's just a choice that you have to make. So I agree with cutting Brantley. Uh, Let's talk about this next guy here, Freddie Peralta. Now he was cut in a lot of leagues. This is kind of the other way he was cut in a bunch of leagues and it's more of when do we start looking to pick him back up? Um, He is. Okay. I'm not sure how that, Oh, never mind. I'm an idiot. He is rostered in 100% of the mains now, so people are picking him back up in the few that he was cut in. Um, I had it on a different status there. I was like, "How's it showing him in the free agents if he's not if he's 100%?" But I, I was not seeing the team that has him. So with somebody like Peralta, he is more available in tens and twelves. He's slated to start. Uh, they're thinking he can come back in August. Is that enough for you? Or what, let me say that slated to return in August. When do you start to look to pick up somebody like Freddie Peralta if you're chasing pitching then versus if you just could use some pitching? So need versus I'm I'm just kind of here. When would you pick up somebody like Peralta who's probably still at least three weeks away, maybe a full month, depending on, you know, when he gets going in August with Freddie Peralta? I mean, I'd probably start to think about it now. I'd be careful with a guy like Peralta. And, you know, this could be said for a number of pitching uh, pitchers who – have been out like a considerable time. You know, if we're talking about like a Jack Flaherty, though, he just got moved to the 60 day, but so he's not a great example anymore, like a Lance McCullers or someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what the role is going to be. Like he's True. coming off of an injury. Like, is he going to go deep enough into games to qualify for wins? I tend to think he won't. And so then you're but looking you, at it. You think they're going to keep Peralta like on a, on a four, on a three to five inning type of run. So sometimes he'll get a five. But for the At most least part, initially, the four plus, yeah. Maybe they try to build him up for the playoffs because this is a team, you know, with playoff aspirations. But I Absolutely. think they're going to tend to be pretty careful with him. That's been the history of this team, anyways, to be careful with guys, especially guys who have injuries. Uh, so I would be, uh, I'd be a little bit more if 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 wins was the thing I was searching for, you mm-hmm. know, that may he actually may not be the best stash of some of these other guys. Uh, but if you strikeouts, he's going to get a lot of strikeouts, right? Yeah, um, Peralta's going to be getting K's left and, and right. And maybe even those uptick a little bit, considering if he is throwing in smaller stints, he can go a little bit harder. 
So, uh, you know, and, you know, ratio help, you know, could be pretty decent there. So, Probably, yeah. Uh, but there's also, you know, the because they're going to be so few innings likely rest of the way, like the potential blowups could be disastrous. So no doubt. Um, I, I think that now's the time because there'll be a lot of people who don't even put fab bids in this weekend because it's going to be the all-star break. So you could probably sneak some people through. Um, great call. Uh, and you know, and you don't have to worry about not getting his stats for the first half week, right? Um, so I think this is the time to do it, but also make sure that you're not just blindly going. I'm picking up the best guy in the pool that that's stash worthy. You actually have to really assess what your team needs and go. Will this guy help me when he comes back? Because if he is a three inning guy or a four inning guy when he comes back. He's not going to get wins, and that's not going to help. And if that's what you're needy for right now, or that's where the biggest bunches are in your league, uh, which it is for a lot of leagues right now, wins and uh, and saves, um, that may not be as uh, impactful. Uh, even if he does come back, there's also a chance there's a setback. That's they really push it. Like yeah, what if it's a really, setback? You know, and like I mean, we look at it. You know, Jack Flaherty is a great example this time around. Is like he just kept having these, like, you know, it was going slow and then he had a setback and then, you know, he got injured again and now he's on the 60 day, which means he's not coming back till September at the earliest. And then, and then he's probably a two inning guy if he, if he even comes back. So, um, yeah, just you kind of kind of bake that in. Like, I, with these kind of guys, I don't want to spend a ton of fab. Like, I want to, you know, I was a guy who picked up Grandall from you after you dropped him four bucks. Like, I do not want to spend. And that was a thousand dollar fab league. So yes, uh, that's tiny. I do not want to spend a lot of fab because these these kind of things can easily blow up, and guys have setbacks, um, you know, uh, or or new injuries or whatever, and all of a sudden now you've just completely wasted that money. Yep, I spent nine on Tyler Stevenson. Yeah, the that's week great. Before or the same week that you got Grandal off my team, and it was like you know we were both kind of doing the same thing let's spec on something i went for the uh the guy who was going to return sooner but when you got grandal i was like dang it my dream was to get stevenson and grandal to get grandal back and then have both what a catcher tandem that would be but instead i'm stuck with austin Bowles <laughs> carcass man no, i'm gonna have wilson Contreras and grandal that could be really nice in chicago there uh every time the Padres go to Colorado. I get so excited because I have literally five Padres after I picked up Grisham off the waiver wire a few weeks back. And I swear they put up like three runs a game in Coors. The worst team. Ever. And I don't even have the best guy. I don't even have Machado. Anyway, by the way, you know, think of something, the the setback that you mentioned with Freddie Peralta, possible. Not, not, not saying he had one, yeah, but yeah. the potential of that. Jason would see could return in August, and he would be like, okay, mid-August is the starting point. Yeah. Most people see August, like August 1st. That's another thing too. Like just – it. It doesn't hurt. It can only help to project further on the injuries. And then if they come back ahead of that, great. But if you get too excited and say, oh, it has to be August 1st, then it's August 13th, and then you're really Like, really pay attention to the verbiage there. Could return. Not yes. is expected to return. Yeah. Right? So this is what the team is hopeful for. It does not mean at all that that is likely um, or will happen. Like, it could call. happen. You know, Good. he's not expected. It's not, you know, if, if the team expected him to be ready in August, they would say expected. Exactly. Exactly. The verbiage is important. That's a good call. You mentioned Grandal, by the way. He'll be in a minor league rehab game on Tuesday at AAA. So I imagine you're hoping to get him back after the break. Yeah, I, I'm assuming yeah. he's going to be there after the break and I can move on from he, Michael Perez. And, oh, jeez. Uh, you didn't even get the three homers, did you? No, you know the worst part about it is I have Michael Perez on a uh, on that 30-team 100-man. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that hella like, deep league. And he was sitting on my bench for that game. Oh, you got to be kidding me. That's yeah. the tough, toughest Brutal. part, man. Uh, with Grandal, real quick. He's been a nightmare in the 201 plate appearances. He has a 59 WRC plus, which was part of my cut with him. You see the low BABIP, that kind of a feature of his uh, of his stat line because he doesn't run very well and he usually hits for power. But a 4% homer to fly ball rate was one of the reasons that I was like still feeling fine about Grandal. However, part of that is the fact that he's just not striking the ball very well. 40% hard hit and 6% uh, barrel rate the the barrel rate is in half from last year um and even if you you say okay well last year was a big spike it's still down from like 
2018 to 2020 levels too, which was a 10% rate. So it's still down from that. The hard hit rate is less concerning when you frame it like that. 2018 through 2020, he was at a 41%. And this year, Grandal's at 40. But it was 53% last year when he went off. Remember that second half that he had when he like mm -hmm. the last two months of the season when he was trying to win people leagues. So what is your expectation going forward? Do you think some of this is health related, uh, bad luck? Are you expecting Grandal to be Yasmani Grandal when he gets back? I mean, I don't know at this point when you're talking about a 33-year-old catcher who's put a lot of miles on him that you can go. True. He's going to get know. back to yeah, he's going to get back to being the guy he was. But I definitely think he's gotten unlucky. Um, you know, the contact uh, skills are still kind of all intact. Um, maybe he doesn't hit for quite as much power as we're used to, but like I think he can be like a 250, 260 uh, guy with above average power for a catcher rest of the way and like that has value and he's gonna dh some yep. uh you know get more plate appearances than a lot of other catchers will so um, i think even I think like just, a one go ahead i'm sorry i was just saying i think it was a worthy gamble just to take Absolutely. a shot on and hope that, four bucks uh, yeah. mm -hmm. if he if he gives you a 100 wrc plus from Grandal, you're taking that yeah. like a plus catching bat yeah 100 percent. and lastly uh jesus lazaro facing live hitters What's your outlook on him the rest of the year? He's he's had an interesting season at this point. You know, he was a big breakout pick, you know, a reemergence pick for a lot of folks, which I think they should feel pretty good about if they were on him. 403-117 ERA whip combo with 41 Ks in 29 innings. The walks were getting egregious at 16, which is a 5.0 walks per nine. But we saw a lot of the stuff that would make you excited about him. And in fact, I would even be fine kind of lopping off the start before the injury and saying like, that's part of, you know, cause that raised his ERA a run, Justin, he went from three Oh eight to four Oh three with that two and two thirds with four runs. Cause he only had six starts. So I think it's been mostly good from Lazardo. What do you expect when he comes back? He's uh, facing live hitters and working his way back. I'll be interested to see like, as he starts to realize, I mean, it's like how deep he's going into games, um, you know, with a guy with his injury track record, you wonder if Miami is going to be a little bit more conservative, uh, but that's not been their kind of calling card no, in recent years. They've been, they've been pretty aggressive um, and it's, it's worked really well for some guys. And then Sixto Sanchez is like, you know, that did not work well for me though. I think he takes a, his own fair share of that blame. Edward um, Cabrera sitting on the, on the yeah. too though. So, you know, like you said, the, the pitchers get hurt though, right? Like that's kind of their favorite yeah. thing to do. Well, and that's one of the reasons why they've been more aggressive is they know the guys are going to get hurt. So why not use the bullets in the majors when they count exactly. as opposed to like letting these guys toil in the minor leagues and potentially not delivering any value to the, the major league Good squad. Um, thank you. Uh, toilet paper word of the day. Um, <laughs> it, it wasn't. But um, so, uh, you know, I mean, I think he is he definitely was improving. Like I, I don't, yeah. you know. Lazardo was better than last year, no matter how you slice it, even just six starts. He looked a lot better on the, on the mound. I do think that he still suffers from a lot of the same issues that he that plagued him in Oakland, um, having trouble commanding his amazing stuff, right? Yep. So, you know, sometimes he can't find the zone. Sometimes he is wild within the zone, can lead to home runs. Mm -hmm. But you always want to bet on that kind of arm talent. Like, yeah, it just, I, I you know, I mean, the, the strikeout upside is huge. Like at worst, I think he could have like a Robbie Ray-ish kind of career um and future. Um, you know, like but pre Cy Young iteration. Pre pre Cy saying. Young. But yeah. I also think that the Cy Young caliber is in that profile, right? Like we saw Robbie Ray, like he figured something out last year and he became a Cy Young because he's got that huge upside with the strikeouts already. If he could, you know, I think he's he's always gonna be one of those guys that is just a couple tweaks away. Yep. From being like an absolute stud and you want to buy in on those guys. Yeah. Lazaro's 24. I mean, people are going to be buying in on him mm -hmm. for the next three, four years easily, as long as yeah. nothing catastrophic happens. Um, so I totally agree with you that. You just got to stay healthy. Like it's just yep. in the, you know, there's between him and Robbie Ray is Robbie Ray has been relatively healthy his entire career. Whereas mm -hmm. Lazaro has really struggled uh, to stay on the mound. That, that's a great call, but I, I also like that uh, that loose comp there of like what you could mm -hmm. be getting with a Jesus Lazardo. So stick with him. Uh, you can start to maybe look to pick him up even at a cheaper rate than Peralta if you want. But again, he's facing live hitters. We're looking at like a mid-August type return perhaps, depending on how many rehab starts he needs early to mid-August. So keep that in mind when you go for him.
All right, let's talk some fades. We did a show where we had fades all over the place, every uh, every position except for relief, because that's always so role dependent that like whatever. Um, so we did you know all the positions and starting pitcher. <laughs> we can skip the starting pitcher ones. We did not do well. The only one you got, <laughs> the only one we got between us was the Herman Marquez from you, which. There you go. Good job. But uh, Verlander, Kershaw, and Gosman were uh, Verlander and Kershaw were yours. Gosman was mine. We failed there. We'll talk about yeah. it. But let's start a catcher, which uh, I think we did. We did pretty well here. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't I don't even like you did better than me. But I yeah, I'm not I'm not sad about my fades at all. But I I, I, I thought this one was so easy. I really did. I, I I'm not trying to be like oh, I I can't even take credit for it because it was so easy. But Sal Perez was such an obvious fade to me. I'm sorry, of Sal Perez lovers. I don't know why you wanted to invest in a 32 year old catcher with that sort of mileage on him. Yes, he was amazing last year. But as a third fourth rounder, you couldn't have paid me to take him. He was my main fade, and then Mike Zanino again, even an easier fade, even at his cheaper price. The market was actually pretty solid on him to not run and overpay for Zanino and it was still too much for me so those are my two fades I did well at catcher I promise there'll be plenty to roast me on uh for mm -hmm. these with the catcher ones and then you had Perez and Christian Vasquez so I think we all all four of our catchers we can say did pretty well well Vasquez, Vasquez is, is not. fine no, no, no. yeah five homers 35 ribbies 290 yeah. so we'll say no on that but we you join me on Perez. but he also he like isn't like a great pick or anything like that like i'm i i don't think he you know like he's i, I want to say he's like ninth on, he was affordable but like he just i you know it, you know actually i will take the l on that one because my main argument was i was really worried that the skills had eroded it seems like the skills have not eroded um he's just kind of a fine catcher like it's yeah, it's he's, he, oh, he, huh. he he's like a um a better version of Jose Trevino, which is fine. Yes. Like, especially yes. in a two catcher league, like you want a guy who's not actively hurting you. Exactly. And on a good team. So can spike some good days mm -hmm. just because that team has, has big, uh, big numbers to, to kind of put it in perspective about how ho-hum Vasquez is. He is one spot ahead of Tyler Stevenson on the player Raider, despite playing all year. Whereas Stevenson has yeah. 164 players. He has like a hundred more plate appearances and he's only one spot ahead of him. So catcher, we did pretty well. Excellent. Let's go to first base and embarrass ourselves. So uh, I said Jose Abreu. Um, whoops. <laughs> now I, I did. I didn't love Jose Abreu. I really didn't. And he's been amazing. That was definitely one too where I was like, kind of late in draft season. Like I don't know, man. I would actually be at, kind of interested in him, but he's old. And I was like, I, I just want to go elsewhere at first base. I didn't have a whole lot of fades. I'm gonna eat the fat out. This is not me trying to soft pedal it so I can get around it. Nope. I was not wanting to take him as the sixth first baseman off the board. And that's uh, while he isn't sixth, he is 10th. So I'm taking a fat L on Jose Abreu as a fade. He's been great. What did you think of Abreu coming into the season? I don't quite remember what your, what your take was on him. I felt like he was getting a little disrespected um, just because like, By I thought he was like me. Yeah. Like I didn't think he was going to be like a star or anything or, or like get like back into like prime shape. But, like I felt like he was a pretty safe bet and I like those guys. Um, I wish I had uh, been more aggressive on Goldschmidt considering what he's doing this year. Oh um, my God. Yeah. Pete Alonzo, because like he was in that Pete Alonzo Goldschmidt kind of tier. And that's Alonzo's why I part of why I was fading. I, yeah, you know, we picked fades everywhere. So I was like, I don't want to bray you. I'm either going to go high dollar with Alonzo or one of your fades, Matty Olson, or I'm going to wait for my Josh Bell, Jake Cronenworth, Jared Walsh, and then or wait even longer for Luke Voigt, who mm -hmm. I was obsessed with. So I was doing other things at first. That's what made made me land on an Abreu fade. But whatever the case was, it was wrong, and he was he's way mm -hmm. better. Yeah, um, I'll be interested to see what happens with him next year. Yeah, I will too. He'll be 36, maybe on a different team. Yeah, free agent. No shot they bring him back, right? Not with Vaughn. I, no, I think you, I think with Vaughn, you have to you have to move on and be like, hey, thanks for everything you've done. Yeah, he could, they have to start. He could retire. Some, like if he, he might, might, you know, or I mean, go back home to Cuba and maybe yeah. play some there. I don't know what what his status is with all that. How much he's here because he plays here and wants to go back to Cuba. I don't know with Abreu, but I'll take a fat L there. Um, 
I don't know if you're taking a fat L on Matt Olson. I'm not yeah, taking L at all. He's the 16th first baseman. Um, I'll take an L because I did draft him at a discount in my second main event, and that has not fared out real well. Um, like yeah, he's been fine. Like, yeah, I, 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 okay, I did the, that a yeah, few times. The reason I was saying like eh, was because yes, he's 16th, but you don't believe Wilmer Flores is better than him, obviously. No. It was just more a matter of like I wanted a different guy at the price where exactly. he was going, and I mean, same with Vlad. Like I'm not gonna take an L on Vlad either because while he's gonna, you know, he's been good and he's probably gonna be great rest of the way. Like the the fade part was I want a different first round pick, and I think you can make the argument that you could have landed. You could also landed a much worse. I, and- I will say this though, on any of our say top three four round guys. We are early judging here because you could still Absolutely. take a colossal L on Vlad. I um, definitely we, could. We can't lose on Perez. We can sign, sealed, and deliver that one. Um, you know, there's a world where I'm about to take an L on Jazz Chisholm. That could come back around the other way. So we are early judging. Absolutely. Um, but I feel you on not wanting to take the L on either Vlad because, again, first round doesn't take much to make that kind of correct because you say, I got to feed him. I don't want him in the first round. He's the sixth first baseman. So there you go. Um, everybody else that you could have gotten was better. Uh, Henry Wilson said he had Olsen ranked number two behind Freeman. I'm pretty sure that was my ranking too. So uh, I will I will join you in the L club. I didn't have uh, I didn't have Olsen as a fade at all. I had him as a love. Oh no, I had him fifth. I I had had him high, and then I started to get worried about the strikeouts if, if he was going to hold yeah. those strikeout games. So I don't think yeah. Vlad is at this like he's definitely not a bust either. Like I don't want to be no, like no, oh no I was right. I don't think this is an but L. But fade just means you weren't drafting him. You didn't yeah. say and I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fine but, with that. So I understand you not taking the L yet. You may be dealt an L by year's end, but right now absolutely keep mm-hmm. the L away from you. Okay, got it. Second base, like I said, I put Jazz there. I'm eating an early L right now. He is hurt, though. If he if he stays hurt or anything, I'm not going to regain uh, a W based off of that. It would have to be production-wise. It would take a lot for that to happen. I, I was just worried. And James Anderson, this is his guy. Credit to you, James Anderson. You stayed the course with him, even though it was a raw talent that had shown some things last year that were a little bit nerve-wracking. You know, he was great through the first month. And then basically from that point on, after he got back from his injury, jazz was pretty pedestrian. And if it wasn't for the speed, his season would have been pretty meh. Well, I was worried about that based on the profile that came with it. I was worried that, Hey, maybe the swing and miss and kind of the free free flowing sort of uh, uh, profile might be a problem. So I backed off based on the plate skills wrong he's 14 and 12 right now with the homers and steals even with the injuries played 60 games 140 wrc plus i will eat a fat l on jazz where were you coming into the year on jazz chisholm i like chisholm um i felt like he (laughs) um i didn't end up with him a ton just because there were so many options at shortstop but i did I did get him, and I liked the fact that he was second base eligible too. So, yeah, uh, second short was nice there to get the two pack. Yeah, um, I definitely, you know, like I wasn't like as high on him as maybe some other people in the industry, only because of the injury history. Uh, you know, we'd seen him and just that's cropping up, up and and that's yeah. been an issue now. And one of the ways that you can end up turning this into a W is if he gets nicked up again and mm-hmm. misses some serious time, because anytime. You get injured at this point, you're going to miss a, a serious portion of the of the season of the remaining. remaining yeah, yeah. When when you when there's only what 100 days left in the season, and um, you miss 15 of them, that's going to be a problem. So, um, uh, yeah. So, but that's I mean, call, I like, by the way, I mean, let's highlight that mm-hmm. every injury from here forward is pretty substantial. Is is either 10 or 15 percent of the season, depending on whether it's hit or a pitcher. Yeah, and it's going to continue to just go up. And obviously, yeah. that's how it works from day one. We know that. But like to, to pinpoint it, sometimes you really need to hear those numbers to be like, damn, that's true. And it goes back to our earlier conversation about cutting guys. So maybe you lower your threshold even more. I said a month mm-hmm. or more. Maybe now it's three weeks or more I start to cut. And then mm-hmm. in August, if you're out two two weeks or more. Sorry to derail you there, but that's a great point. Well, and that's what you need to do is like really compare like, hey, if a guy's going to miss 15% of the remaining season because he's going to be out for 15 days, is 85% of this player worth more than 100% of this other player on the mm-hmm. wire? Like that's that's how you start kind of 
making those um, comparisons. Um, but I mean, I just love the talent of jazz, you know, the power speed combination, even if, you know, the average isn't great though. The average has been fine. It's above yeah, the oh, average, he's right? Been, so he's been wonderful. Um, 254 plays all day for jazz. Mm -hmm. um, I just felt like the upside or the, the floor of his floor was actually higher than people were giving him credit for because he has such great power and speed and the Marlins suck. They're going to continue to play him no matter what, right? He's, he's kind of turned into the face of their franchise, whether that's deserved or not, uh, it, just because he's so swaggy. I think it is deserved and his swag is very cool. I love it. And, yeah. Um, he and Sandy can together be the face of their franchise because, uh, and they're not too bad. Like going into the season, I agree with you. You're like, Oh, they suck, but they're 41 and 44 this year. They're actually mm -hmm. playing pretty well too. So, um, we'll see what happens when jazz gets back. But like I said, I'm going to eat that L there. One of your biggest, like I will not touch this guy to save my life is Max Muncie. You weren't even ranking him or if you were, I think it was like in the forties. I, I had him at 34th at second base or something like that. And you know? I wasn't as strident as you, but I was there too. I think I, my move up my like, okay, fine. I will do something with him was uh, ranking him 25th. So I still wasn't getting him anywhere. And I still wasn't that impressed by the fact that he was playing in spring. I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm still worried about this elbow. Now, let me ask you right now. You feel great. 162, yes. 12, You're like, mm -hmm. you're, you're slam dunking that. Yeah. Are you encouraged by the recent run or is it just a blip? He's got, uh, he's got a couple home runs recently and some harder hit balls. It's not even a bunch of great games. It's like, a game here where he hits the ball hard and like i think the main reason i even know this is because i was talking him up as a fade in in my twitch chat so i get people like well, what about now he, he had a big uh 114 mile an hour hit or whatever like, I, I don't know everything i look at says the elbow is the problem here and this is why you and i didn't want to draft muncie does anything change on on a few homers recently no nothing changes i, would, I wouldn't it, and like, there's part of me that wants to be wrong because I, I've I've loved I love Muncy. Muncy. Yeah, we both yeah, absolutely, do. I absolutely really love him. He, like, he was coming into the season um, prior to like the or actually ending into last season. I guess it's the way we have to put it. Not coming into the season um, when we were at the Arizona Fall League, I had him as my number four second baseman prior to the injury. And remember, he yeah. got injured while we were at I think, or the news came out while we we're at correct. Um, uh, First pitch Arizona. And there's worries about TJ and, mm -hmm. and everything was just like scary. So like I was super, I was initially going to be super high on him coming into the year. Um, but then I had to completely fade him because of what's going on in the elbow. I, I don't like, maybe he, you know, is getting healthier. I don't know how you get healthier while you're continuing to play. I think this is just kicking mean. the can down the road. Um, which, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do. I'm sure he's trying to get paid in the long run. Sure. And the longer he can stay on the field, the better. But um, I just – I mean, he's hitting, like, what, 174? Oh, yeah, it's been a nightmare. Uh, the, the sample of, like, it, is this interesting to you, just so you guys know, uh, is over the last, like, two, three weeks since since late July – or late June, 623, he has a 53% hard hit rate and an 18% barrel rate. So it's just a, a, a small stretch – of some well-struck balls that some people were saying, well, is the elbow feeling better? I was like, I don't know, but he was an easy fade for me. I, I, I Well, and I mean, here's the thing, like it, he may end up being better in the second half. Maybe the elbow is getting better and getting stronger. And uh, you know, because he hasn't like made things worse, uh, like he's going to be better. You still Bum. banked half of a season of a 174. Like exactly. He, even, even if he hits that? two, if he's himself rest the way and hits 250, like that means he finished the year with like a 215 batting average. If that, if I that, wonder if that yeah. would even get him up there. Probably no 274, 250. Probably not. Like, um, but like, like you still banked a lot of crap. Like this is yep. when I'm totally fine, just kind of already starting the victory lap on. Um, I agree. I, I'm not know, sure you can really lose it. You I'm know, really, maybe I'm I really can, not. but at the end of the day, like uh, this was the right call. Because you may have dropped him. A lot of teams may have dropped him already because he's been so bad, which means they don't get the second half goodness exactly. if he is good. Like, it goes so, on like, somebody else's team. Yeah, it's going to go on someone else's team. So, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, uh, I don't mind, like, if he's on your wire, like, picking him up and, see, and kind of playing it by ear and seeing sure. it. Because he's still multi-positional eligible. He still plays 
on one of the best offenses in all of baseball. Um, you know, it's like there's still a lot of reasons why you can buy in. Um, but no, if you draft him being in here, you cannot be happy, even if you got him at a huge discount with what he's provided you. No, I agree. Max Muncy, it, it's going to be dang near impossible for him to, to crop a dub for anybody mm -hmm. at this point. He would have to have one of the sickest second half runs. And I'd be here for it, but I do not see it coming. You also had a fade on Jeff McNeil. I think you might not be feeling as good about that one. I'm not a Jeff McNeil guy myself here, though, so I'm definitely not trying to rub your nose in it. 311 with four homers, two steals. I, I mean, even though it is working out, I still it's just it's so bland to me. But, but how do you feel about Jeff McNeil now? You had him as a fade. He's been doing pretty well. He's sitting as the he's the 19th second base. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like I again, this is one of those like you're um, 35 though, so he, I think you got to take an L. I don't know that I'm, I mean, because the rank isn't where I think he's going to finish it in the year. It's like where I'd be willing to draft him. Like, how much does this help your team? Like, how is he any different than Luis Arise? Like, I just. Well, Luis Arise is great. Yeah, but he's been like, amazing this year. You could have got Luis. I mean, I mean. Well, like, just, how, how different were their prices? I think nah, Arise I, is going later, but. Um, I think so too, but I'm doing out an L on this one. I think you got to do an L. I'm like, fine. Like, who cares? Like. Okay. Yeah, uh, this is this is the most inconsequential L of my life. Here's the thing, though. Were you even really fading him? He was the 32nd second baseman. You ranked him 35. Yeah. So it wasn't even a fade, not really. But you still get an L like, for it. So not some, only did some you not people are gonna well some enough. people are gonna be like, "Hey, this was a huge win for me." Like, and I'd argue, is it really a huge win? Like, it's a win. Like, you depends didn't... on your team. And by the way, Luis arrives 39th second baseman. They weren't going that far apart. About 50 picks. Um, I mean, 311 is 311, though, right? I'm not yeah. much for guys that are light on power or speed juice, like when they don't offer anything, like my, the aforementioned Michael Brantley. Like, I get where you're going from on that, but he's hitting 311. You you, you can't pretend yeah, that 311 just, isn't isn't great. And it's, it's absolutely, but like you, it's at the expense of other categories. But but if you drafted Jeff McNeil, you knew that. And if yeah. you didn't plan for that, that's on you. It's still an unmitigated win to have drafted him. I just, you know, part of the reason I don't draft, I don't like drafting guys like that is I just, that's not how I want to construct my team. That's part of, part of the fade. But, I know. Well, sure. I'll but take the, I'll take the inconsequential L. Whatever. It's very consequential. Devastating. <laughs> You'll never recover from that L. Shortstop. Oh, you're going to take another fat L here. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, I am. I'm going to take well, a really big one here. Here we go. This <laughs> we're, going, we're going opposites here. I'm catching a dub. You're catching an L. Um, again, I could come back around at the end of the year and be like, well, I, I took the premature L, but I feel pretty good about yeah, I, Franco. The, uh, my, my L right here is going to, there's nothing premature about this. Uh, especially yeah. because of who it is too, but we'll get yeah. into that in a moment. Uh, Franco, somebody I would just wasn't in on, and I go back to that category juice, right? He was, to me, he could get teens on both, like 16, 16 or something like that with a good batting average. Like I, I see how it could work. But I didn't want to pay fourth round for that. I still stand firm that I would have rather taken wit, which I did. And obviously nothing changes based on what we've seen thus far. So I don't know. You can you can judge me as I'm judging you. Like, is it too early to take take the dub there? Like, how do you feel about Wander, especially now that he's on the IL? I mean, we talked about him on uh on Sunday uh because With of Jason crying. Yeah, pretty much. Um, didn't he call it by the way in our text chain? Didn't he say ham eight right away? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, th I think this is. I think you should. You should be already looking behind you as you're finishing <laughs> up your victory lap. This isn't the beginning of victory lap. I mean, he's gonna miss five, five to eight weeks. Yeah, like, no, you're right. It's a full on. Yeah, th there's no way he even comes close to returning close to value. Yeah. Um, and all the people who clowned not us, the thing. No, but like he wasn't good to begin with. Like exactly. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying I'm I'm taking this off the stats. You can extrapolate the stats, and I still feel good about yeah. where I'm at. And, and, and I just seals it. I think this is just a, another reminder. Like I love to do a April victory laps and things like that. Just How'd because that one go for the Wonder Franco yeah, people. Just because they're funny. But if you seriously come at people for in April, um, you know, like some this people did at like. us. Uh, for fading Wander Franco this year, um, this this is your just desserts. Um, Correct. Uh, thank Correct. you for listening. Um, we appreciate it. 
Uh, but yeah, no, don't but come be at careful. Don't like just... if you, if you're gonna come at people as a joke in April, that's sure. fine. I think that's funny, honestly, and I do it. I I, I make jokes myself about it uh, in April. But like, if you're seriously thinking that April means anything in the grand scheme of a full season, here is your proof that it means absolutely nothing. Or, or not your proof, but like another piece of uh, evidence. Yeah. Like we will give you many, 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 many more. Yeah, but this absolutely. is why you gotta be careful with that. All right, here we go. <laughs> Your boy that you've hated for years, and we've had plenty of arguments about him. He hit his 20th homer yesterday. Corey Seager, 20 and three with a 245 average. The 245 average is not what you want out of Corey. He's hit like five home runs this week. This is straight, five straight. Yep. Like the narrative could have like been much different if we had this conversation a week ago. Four in uh, a row, five out of six. Yeah. If we had done yeah. this on, on the fourth of July, you'd be like 230 with freaking 15 homers. It was it's lower whatever. than that. It was like it was like 215 or 220. <laughs> like it's like but he's he rallied. he's having this amazing week that is um making me look stupid. Uh yeah this is gonna end up sucking. Um and <laughs> um and and not as bad like necessarily like um like I don't think it's like the biggest L I've ever taken. I've no, definitely no, taken no, bigger no. L's or anything like that. Um, and I honestly, I stand by my rationale. Um, you know, he still isn't running. Like, the batting average isn't good. He's just powering his way yeah. um, into relevancy. Um, but I think this was something that was in the cards. Part of my reason, and Correa is the other other phase. Yeah, let's add Correa um, in here with the other phase. On this is, um, I don't want shortstops who aren't going to run he's got three stolen bases which is more stolen bases than you know he usually gets in a full season that was probably like seager's you yeah yearly projection there so you don't even have to take the l on that part he he hasn't stolen three bases in a full season since 2017 so like like my rationale was fine he's just hitting his way past other guys uh power wise and um good for him like uh you know He's crushing. Um, mm-hmm. And d- don't be surprised if that batting average goes ways up. Goes absolutely way up. 239 Babbitt, but he's still striking out at 16%, which is really good. You know the crazy part? His XBA is 304. Oh my God. I've never seen one that far away from an yeah. average. So, well, I have, but not this late into the season. Like, this well, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's so, like, wow. he could actually be like, some people are maybe want to try to sell high on this hot trick. He's actually probably a buy right now. A buy um, high. I agree. Corey Seager, so, my high. So on, on Correa, you had similar stuff. You know, injuries, yeah. uh, doesn't run. Uh, you know, L-ish on that one. He's hitting 278 with 10 homers in just 64 games. So he's been pretty good when he's played. But one of your major reasons with Correa was definitely injury, and that's yeah. played a role. So I'm, I'm And, and Seager as well. So, like, honestly, yeah. I'm going to kind of take a um, uh, a wait and see. on. I'm not taking an L or, or a W on Correa. I mean, no, Correa is – yeah, Correa's moot right now, or like um, just even, keep it even right now. Because he's kind of doing exactly what I anticipated exactly. uh, he'd do, which is be good or decent when he's on the field without stolen bases. But how much is he going to be on the field? It's exactly how his season's played on played out so far. We'll see how he kind of finishes. Seager, I'm ready to take that L. Like, I just, I'll take the L. Third base, uh, we can skip that one. Nothing good happened there. Oh, no, 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 because I, I was no, right on no, this one. Uh, <laughs> no, let's go ahead and go to outfield here. I guess there was no third baseman out there. Mm. So, uh, okay, I said Austin Riley. That one, which is funny because both of you guys have played outfield before. So, that's true. It works. Austin it Riley works and Chris Bryant. So, this is the, the opposite of shortstop where I won, you lost. I'm losing, you're winning because yours mm-hmm. was Chris Bryant. You didn't want anything to do with him, even though he's going to Coors, all of it. You said, uh-uh. Just hit his first home run the other day. Like I said, I was off on Austin Riley, and I'll tell you, the main reason that I'm definitely ready to take the L right now, and it could change, right, of course, because batting averages can change, but batting average was my big concern. Of course, I thought he was going to still hit the power. I tell the freaking um, – double a or the the arizona falling story every time i talk about austin riley about how the sound is different off his bat but i thought it'd be like 30 homer pop with like a 250 average well he's got 25 homers or 24 homers a week before the break with a 282 average so i'm eating a fat l on austin riley he's just a g and i i i was wrong there was no batting average fade at all Wrong. Yeah, no, he's he just he hits the ball so hard and he actually makes really good contact when he makes contact with the zone. Like it was just you know, and he what he's done like in spite of the like guy he was when he first came up, like he's kept that strikeout rate at a respectable level. Like it's yeah. just yeah, 25, I, uh, 26 is workable. 
I wasn't in on Austin Riley. I wish I was. Like, I mean, I, I saw. I think this is one of those like cases Price where like big reason for me though too. I was like, we're paying full freight. It wasn't though. It wasn't that bad. I don't know. I thought it was like a top sixty pick. Nah, I think he's really. outside top sixty. Yeah, minimum fifty, max ninety eight, uh, average pick seventy nine. Okay, so you know, it just makes it worse. By the way. Just, just, just makes it a worse sell for me. So I'll, I'll eat that. That's sixth round. That's fine with for Austin Riley. I felt yeah. like he was going a bit higher there, but I, I have misperception on and, that. I mean, and he, his ADP in the main event was seventy nine. Yeah, that, that uh, was going off main, main event. Oh, okay, you were going off main. Yeah, yeah so, so. I, I, I'm just eating colossal L on him. Yeah. Uh, Chris Bryant, you're getting a fat dub on that. He had yeah. bounced up to the fifth third baseman, fifty third pick, because of Coors. I was definitely in on that too. Uh, wrong i got saved by everyone loving him but i promoted him so i'm not gonna just because i don't have him on a bunch of teams i'm not gonna say and and backtrack now and be like no i I didn't even like him here's the interesting thing he is still hitting 310 like he does still have a good batting average and it's only 124 plate appearances too because he's missed so much time looking at it right now man should you take the should you take the dub just yet I don't think I'm taking the dub necessarily. Well, I am in good. I am in some regard because I did talk about his injury history. The time, and feeling, yeah. And the and time feeling is. very yeah, and feeling very um uh just uneasy about yeah. like his health. So, yeah, and, I still I still say you take a dub there. He's played twenty nine games. Yeah, has. So I um, think that's fair. But he is hitting well. And I didn't so even we, know he was having a baby midsummer. <laughs> I didn't know. Is he ha- is he having the baby? So he had his first homer on July 5th, believe it or not. It wasn't even in course. In fact, all four of his homers have come on the road, but they've come in quick succession. So four homers since July 5th, 300 average, 363 OBP, 473 slug. So the production is there, but one of your main reasons was injury. So I'm going to give you the dub on Chris. Yeah, Bryant I mean, he could have a massive state. second half. Like he, like I, he I could... still think your general point holds because he's only yeah. missed a month plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, he like this is one where like I'm not like like I'm just kind of walking around the victory lap. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm not like running full speed, carrying the flag and everything like that. Um, the Chicago W flag. You're like, just, yeah, just no, I, I feel in. good. I um, feel good. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, like this is one where like, yeah, okay, I, I was I was right. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of keep quiet about it because if he hits fucking 25 home runs in the second yeah. half with It'll a batting average, it's gonna look really stupid. But especially because unlike Muncie, a lot of people held Bryant. Like the, the people that yeah yeah, him, I don't think if anybody he does do that. Yeah. yeah, they will get that Bryant love in the mm-hmm. second half. Uh, let's talk outfield. I had Miles Straw and Eddie Rosario. You had Byron Buxton and Mitch Hanniger. Interesting class there. I think three out of four. Hey, three out of four, we did great, right? Yeah. So, you know, Buxton, obviously, health would have been your main thing, which so you weren't a thousand percent wrong, but he's been so good when he's played that I think you got to eat the L there. But three straight dubs with Straw, Rosario, and Hanniger. And Hanniger, you did say injury, and I tried to disabuse you of that. This is the, saying, this is a, this is the this year's Craig Kimbrell. This is just this year's Kimbrell. Kimbrell. I, I was I was fading the hell out of Hanniger. And I let you and Dave talk stand, him into drafting him yeah. in multiple spots. We were and right. It, oh, we were right. It's fluke, fluke injury. This no, is, but, yeah. Jokes brutal. aside, I do, I honestly, I don't feel bad about being in on Mitch Anniger. I took him everywhere too, because these are not chronic injuries. Now this year he's had more of like standard injuries, but the the busted nut and stuff like that, like, come on. I I, I just didn't see him as some major, uh, you know, chronic injury health. Well, he got hurt and then returned and got hurt the hurt day again. he returned. Yeah. He got a hit in the first inning and then got sniped out of the box. Like, you know, did that thing where he totally yeah. buckles and you're like, oh God, what the hell was that? And it was a grade two ankle sprain so mm-hmm. that part is 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 definitely very bad oh he was just it was covid was the other thing too so yeah this is the only injury but it is an injury that was your big reason i'll give you your dub on on hanniger and uh, yes buxton like has 23 home runs he's in 215 i know like people know. forget like since like that first like few weeks of the start of the season like he has done nothing but like he's in for power yeah. Right. Get to the other category, though, even worse. He's than not stolen base. Yeah. Like, hey, this was one of my arguments, too. Like, at the beginning of the season, was like, hey, are we sure he's going to go back to running? Because, like, he's, he, he, 
I don't know. Like that's that. I don't know if it's necessarily a huge part of his game anymore. Um, yeah, like I, I'll, I'll take kind why of an you, L on Buxton. Why don't you just take a wait and see? Why don't you just take a wait and see? Yeah, because the I will. Component, I'll give you that. But he does have the, the twenty three homers, and it's he's the, the forty eight runs already, and forty two RBIs on top of the twenty three home runs. Like he could, he could be like a f- almost like a fifty hundred hundred guy at the end of the season. And so, if he's still hitting two fifteen, you still go. 500 I'm, I'm gonna take that all yeah, day. Yeah, fifty hundred hundred um, with five steals and a two fifteen. If he could somehow miraculously pull that off, you wouldn't care. You'd be like, okay, yeah, fine. So yeah, we'll wait and see on him. But the others are pretty good. Miles Straw, you know, you talk about position or player types that you don't like to take, like Jeff McNeil types. You know, I'm out on rabbits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got thirteen steals, but he does not even having the batting average this year. Two eleven. He's been gone no off otherwise. Yeah. yeah. What What's the scope? And losing time? playing time, like he's like I mean, uh, understandably. What's the deal on Straw? He's the 90th ranked outfielder. You weren't You weren't Gaga for him, but you didn't hate him. You said you'd take him if if it kind of landed to you. What's yeah. the deal with him? What, how do you feel about Straw right now? And would you cut him, or do you have to keep those steals at all costs? I think, I mean, unless you're going to start punting stolen bases, like I think you have to hold on to him either way. Uh, I, he has gotten a bit unlucky, and he still has the same kind of in-zone contact skills. So I'm surprised he is hitting as poorly. I think Do this you want to is... know his May and June BABIPs? 203 oh. and 194. That's interesting. That seems pretty um, egregious for Miles Straw, who's pretty freaking fast. You said uh, since one, the beginning of no, no. May was one two hundred three. June was one ninety four. Those were okay. his babips, and he hit sub two. He hit sub one eighty in both of those months. Miles okay, Straw so he had a, one ninety nine babip over the course of those two months. That's pretty egregious. No. Yeah. Is he a buy low? If you need speed, Miles Straw. I think he could be. Honestly, uh, I mean. Like I said, like even in that time, like he still has a 91% zone contact percentage. He doesn't swing outside the zone, um, you know, 20% uh, outside the zone uh, swing rate. Uh, the hard part is he just doesn't hit the ball hard and he goes no. on the ground um, quite a bit. And so, like, I don't think we're going to get like a big, like, he, like, huge batting average jump, but I do think he can be what you drafted him for, which is 30 plus stolen bases with an average that isn't going to hurt you. Like, I don't yeah, think like he's going to – Yeah, or, I mean, even two, 250, 260, like, you know, 30 home runs. Like, I, yeah, I think steals, he – 30 steals. Or sorry, 30 runs. yeah, thirty stolen bases. He, he, he definitely will not have – he may not have three home in runs. His, he won't either. have 30 home runs in his career. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, so Miles Straw, you know, as much as I didn't like him as at the draft table, the part of the reason is team construction during a draft. But now that you know where your team's at and how everything is going, I might be open to trading for Straw because this seems like a pretty egregiously low Babbitt. Yes, he hits the ball weekly, so that can lead to a lower Babbitt just because you're hitting such playable contact. But for somebody with this speed who's shown bat-to-ball skills... He, he's seems, got a career 309 Babbitt. Like, yeah, he's, and yeah. so 255 for the year just doesn't seem right. I, mm-hmm. If you need speed, I think you go for it. I think I think yeah. go for a buy I, I think he could steal strong. twenty bases the rest of the way. Absolutely, he could do more than that. We saw what Birdie. Mm-hmm. He, why can't he just be Birdie? Like he could. Mm-hmm. Like Birdie is the same profile. It's the same thing I said. You know, I, Twins fans got so mad when I said arises Stephen Kwan, and uh, you know, I, I a lot of that's playful, but like I'm talking about player archetype. Birdie and Straw are very similar. Birdie is maximizing what that player type can do. Straw is kind of on the other end of it. So uh, yeah. don't be surprised he, if Straw pops off. He stole 17 bases in the second half last year. So I mean, There you go. Eddie Rosario was my other fade. I'm not going to take a full dub on that yet just because it's kind of a TBD because he's missed so much time. We have to kind of see how he goes with his new vision since returning. Um, it hasn't been good so far, but it's been obviously a very minuscule sample of uh about a week let me see here it's been here it's been uh it's been 27 plate appearances 192 185 309 if you wonder how your obp is lower than your batting average is if you have a sacrifice fly mixed <laughs> in there and the way it works but uh how do you feel about rosario the rest of the year was he somebody you liked coming into the year and uh are you trying to buy him where available for the second half i mean i was kind of ambivalent on him coming into the year like there were some people who were really excited there's some people who are just kind of like totally fading like you um, 
I didn't end up with him very much. Uh, I have picked you. him up a few in a few spots. Um, you know, uh, with him being recalled, got him in cheap and tout ors. I think for a buck or two, and then I got him. I think in one of my mains or, or one of my fa- other fab leagues. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've liked Rosario in the past. I feel like he traditionally is a pretty underrated hitter, but I think his price is a little over. Uh, inflated last year because of what he did in the playoffs. Exactly. Um, that was a big part so, of my fade was just that he got pushed up too high. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that I'm kind of continuing to monitor, uh, you know, in deeper leagues. I've already, like I said, already picked him up. Um, you know, so far it's been kind of ho-hum, but we're, we're talking like, I think he said, what, 27 plate appearances so far? Yeah. Uh, like that's that's just nothing. So, yeah. but he's already got a home run and stolen base in those 27 plate appearances. Exactly. So that's, that, that's a start. So it's something, you know, and he, like I said, he got his eyes fixed. So I like Rosario off the wire. I'm interested there. It was draft capital was a main reason for my fade. Mm-hmm. I just thought he was too expensive. So, all right. And then starting pitcher, I hinted at it at the beginning. It's just fat L's all around. You can yeah. take your Marquez dub, but that one was kind of like, yeah, don't, don't draft Marquez. You know what the worst part about Marquez is he's actually been way better at home. I know. Um, so you he's on the can't get anything so you, out of him. You, you legitimately could have only gotten his bad stuff. And not any of like the good outings that he's had. Um, that is so brutal. But we rock these pitchers, man. Outside of Chad can't... Cool, get Chad Cool out of course. He's been, he's been great for a Rockies pitcher, and um, he's on a one-year deal. So like, get him out of course at the trade deadline. I was obsessed um, with this dude in Pittsburgh. The best pitchers part, mm-hmm. or one of, and he couldn't do anything. He goes to Coors and has his best season. It's weird, but I agree. He's a good trade candidate. We are going to do a trade preview episode during the All Star break. Uh, for sure. So we will do that. But it was Gosman for me. Fat, 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 fat L. He's mm-hmm. been great. I did not think he was going to revert all the way back to Baltimore days. I did say, hey, it's been a year plus because, uh, you know, 2021 plus the 2020 season of quality work with one of the best teams in the league, San Francisco. He's not going to instantly forget everything, but the very difficult division, worst park. I was nervous. I was wrong. Kevin Gossman's a G. You've already taken your Verlander L. He and Kershaw were two of your fades. They're probably similar, just old crusties that you were nervous of. They've yeah, both it been was great when they. It was up. all injury related. Um, and Kershaw I, I will, did get hurt, but he still has sixty three innings. He was yeah, hurt for I, like a brief period. I definitely will take the L on Verlander. I think even if Verlander like goes down tomorrow, um, uh, you know, for the rest of the season, like he's just been so dominant. Don't that, put that out in the um, world, you. I'll knock on some wood right there. Thank you. Um, but uh, Kershaw, uh, I'm starting to take the L, but I'm not fully grasping it yet. That's I want to see fair. him get through the rest I, of the I know season. You want Starting at the IL once. Um, but but what the, level of per- performance? Because he's much better than last year, too. 355, yeah, he's been great. 102 last year. He's down to 240 and then one flat this year. So the whip isn't as improved, but the ERA is. So is there to a be honest, if, if he get if he gets to 130 in innings wise, I'm taking that out. Okay, that's fair. So but like, he has to double he, what he's done. Yeah, he's, he's to, got he he's got to another... do at least what he's. I mean, he doesn't have to like do it at the same rate necessarily. Yeah. But if he get, but like if he is not bad and throws another 65, 70 innings, then I'm taking a fat L. Like I'm, that's fair, and I'm totally fine with that. But I, I, like I'm still there is still a reasonable chance that that does not happen. It's already been injured once this season. Um, it was a kinetic chain injury, which is always a little bit scary. So um, I'm I'm not ready to take the L, but I'm I'm looking at it. You know, this is You're me browsing. on the Titanic. With the this the the little uh, telescope thing um, going, hey, what that, is that over there? That Kershaw shaped iceberg over there doesn't seem so bad. I, I feel um, like we're headed straight for it. Should we move? Maybe we should move. So we should move yeah, a little bit. Veer, just a veer, maybe not yeah. even a turn. A veer. No, perhaps? let's just run it right no, over. Let's so, just go, dude. He'll there, yeah, there, there's definitely potential where I'm going to be like screaming as the boat goes down <laughs> here in, in about a month and a half. Like, <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I also I at the same there. at the same time, I stand by the rationale, and that's like, the thing too. We talk about this a lot, right? Like, do we have bad process? Like going back even to the Badu one, anyone who didn't like him as much as I did, nobody told me he was going to get sent down after 55 plate appearances. Nobody was mm-hmm. saying he's not going to play. They said he might platoon, which I agreed. He, w- he would sit some against lefties and he's young. So he's, he's uh, an open book. Like they don't know what he's, they're going to get out of him. 
So I don't think my process was completely off on him, but I take the L, of course. So your process here was to be nervous of two crusty-ass old pitchers in Verlander and Kershaw who will cost a premium, and there's nothing wrong with that process. So, yeah, you take the L on Verlander and you're, you're inching toward the L on Kershaw, but I agree with you. I think it's fair to point out that your process is still fine and fading 35-plus-year-old pitchers as a general rule is going to continue to work, at least with Verlander, uh, Kershaw's 34, but you get my point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I just, you know, you look at some of the other pitchers like Clevenger, like how's it worked out? You know, he was going in the same area as like a Kershaw and a Severino. Severino has, you know, fading Severino hasn't worked. Um, but, you know, fading. I, I don't blame you on that though either. Yeah, fading Clevenger has worked. Um, and I think you could argue uh, you definitely did not get what you thought you were going to get out of Thor if you drafted him. No, um, though he's he been, he's can't been me out fine itch like yeah he, he hasn't yeah. like he hasn't actively hurt you in the way that other guys have so like it's he's not disappointing like, he's not a mm-hmm. bust because 384 the, 117 is good but for the risk games? yeah for the risk you took in drafting him where you drafted him um like it hasn't blown up in your face but it also it's like one of those little firecracker duds so it's not it, it hasn't like blown your hand off or anything don't take like that. don't pick it up but yeah, like you, you look at it, he goes, "Well, that was disappointing. Like that's not what you were hoping to get when you tried." But then, what if it's one of those late ones where it, it, the fuse keeps? It could, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, it, shit. It, it absolutely could. The Angels are just hoping they can trade him before the deadline, right? Uh, before that, you know, it completely blows up. I still can't believe they fell apart. But anyway, we will talk I, trade stuff. I absolutely can, and I also can't. Like you have two generational talents on your team and somehow and taylor ward doing an imitation of both of them like yeah you know hitting his ass off so he have three superstars the top their lineup put me you and five others in in like or uh would that be four i guess yeah like why are they so bad i 21 million dollars on Cindergard. they could have spent how much to get uh scherzer like i mean right like I don't know, man. I don't know what their choices are. They're, they, but they were doing well though too. And then they had a fourteen-game losing streak. That's just going to yeah. decimate you every time. But anyway, we got to get out of here. We'll talk something else on Friday, and then next week we will do a trade preview episode mm-hmm. highlight. We might do ALNL, and depending on how it breaks down, I'll, I'll do some pre-work there to kind of figure out how deep the list is going to be of candidates. But Justin, I hope you have a good rest of your day, and I'll talk to you on Friday. Are we going early. Yeah, okay, great. six so, o'clock in the morning, my time. Six baby. o'clock for you. You're wild, but Let's I will be up it. in time for that. Don't worry. All right, good talking with you. Take care. Hey, uh, before I actually go, yes. Potapalooza. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me let me just give a quick uh, promotion job. Um, Potapalooza two day event going to be on July 23rd and 24th. Uh, going to be raising money for charity. Haven't decided yet on which charity is going to get the money, but for every oh, dollar, bank you, account charity. No, um, That's a good charity, dude. For every, dollar, <laughs> for every dollar you donate, you get a raffle ticket to win some really, really cool prizes. I uh, got an email last night from Tanner Bell, who's uh, he can't be on, but he's like, Hey, I'll donate three uh, uh, books of the, the process that him and Jeff Zimmerman did, um, a bunch of subscriptions to places like Masters Ball, Pitcher List, uh, uh, you know, places like that, um, t shirts. Uh, bobbleheads, other cool prizes I'm sure will be uh, donated. Also, for every $1,000 we raise uh, for charity, I will give away a spot for TGFBI for next season. So if you've ever wanted to be in TGFBI, last year we raised $8,000. Uh, so we got eight people in uh, for this year. So I'm hoping to come somewhere close. Usually this is done before the start of the season. I'm doing it this year, kind of all-star break, second half-ish, because of the late start to the year and not knowing when it was actually going to start. Yeah, we had no idea. Um, you can donate uh, you know, via PayPal, uh, justinmasonfantasy at gmail.com or via Venmo at Justin Salinger. Just, uh, just make sure if you want. You just make sure you send it as a family or friend so I don't get taxed on it. At the oh, yeah, so you don't get blasted in all of them. They change the rules on, on PayPal, and if it's not sent as a friend and family, um, you get you get hit with taxes as income. And I don't want to get hit with taxes for charitable stuff. So uh, it'll be live-streamed. Um, on Twitch, YouTube, my Twitter, um, and if Paul lets me, maybe I'll even put it on FanGraphs uh, for oh, yeah, those no, days. I, I have no um, problem with that. Um, and sweet. maybe we could even do the FanGraphs Twitch channel. I don't know. We'll figure that out. But yeah, Podpalooza is going to be awesome. Uh, a lot of, lot of awesome people. It's going to at 10 a.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. 
Eastern, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Paul's coming on. Jason's coming on. Nick Pollock, Scott Chu, Todd Zola. Um, I've already got, I think, 30 people who've uh, um, signed up in the first 24 hours of the signups. Uh, so, yeah, uh, definitely uh, help come support that. All the money that's raised goes to charity. I'm not taking a dime of it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, talk a lot of baseball. So It's going to uh, be a if blast. You, if you have a charity suggestion, feel free to tweet it at me. Um, because, uh, and especially if it's a smaller charity where, you know, a few thousand dollars will go a long way, really, really, uh, the, that's what I like to target. Um, mm-hmm. so that way it's not going to like post-it notes at a, for, to a big organization or anything like that. So. Great call, man. I, I can't wait. Uh, Pod Blues is always fun. So I'm excited to be part of it mm-hmm. and it's going to be a blast. Yep. It's going to be uh, an absolute blast. Uh, going to be a lot of fun. So uh, definitely tune in, donate, um, and uh, it will also be available on replay. So if you can't watch live, you can watch it on my YouTube. You can watch it um, uh, or listen to it via podcast on the TGFBI feed. Perfect. All right. Well, Justin, have a good one. I'll talk to you on Friday. Take it easy. <laughs>